Great God in heaven, as we turn our hearts, our minds, our attention, and our affection to your holy word, we ask that you would speak, Lord. In spite of a foolish preacher, in spite of any human inadequacies, Lord, we ask that your spirit would move and that you would teach us from your word. God, we need to hear a fresh word from you this morning. So we ask that your word, living and sharper than any two-edged sword, might pierce us, Lord, and convict us, but also comfort us, give us strength and encouragement that we might love you, serve you, and follow you. We might run hard after you all the days of our life. We love you. We ask all these things. In the precious name of Jesus, the Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I hope that you do. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews once again. We'll be in Hebrews chapter 13. If you don't have a Bible with you, the verses will be on the screen. But I also invite you to feel free to borrow one of the black Bibles that's in the back of the pew in front of you there. You are welcome to take that and use it. If you don't have a Bible for yourself, you're welcome to keep that Bible as our gift to you. So if you will, take whatever copy of Scripture you plan to use and turn with us to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to be reading Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 9. And as you find your place in sacred Scripture, I would ask, if you're physically able, would you please stand out of reverence to the public reading of God's holy word as we look together now at Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which has not benefited those Devoted to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This is the same passage that we read last week. And if you were here with us last week, you may remember that we went through those exact nine verses. But we stopped short of verse 7. So this morning we will spend explicit time looking at verse 7 and what meaning it has for our lives and what meaning it has specifically today on Mother's Day. All that we read in verses 1 through 6 show us the things that those in verse 7 have spoken to us. In verse 7 we are commanded to remember our leaders, those who spoke to us 
the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. True leaders that are true men and women of God are the kind of people who are doing the things listed in verses 1 through 6. They are letting brotherly and sisterly love continue. They are not neglecting to show hospitality. They are entertaining angels and not even being aware of it. <coughs> Excuse me. They are visiting those who are in prison and loving them as though they were in prison themselves. They are being with those who are mistreated and loving them because they are also in the body. They are holding marriage in high honor. They're making sure the marriage bed is undefiled. They're keeping their life from sexual immorality and adultery. And they're also content with what they have. Remember, we kind of rested ourselves on this verse that God will never leave us nor forsake us last week. That is why and how we can be content with what we have. That is why and how we cannot be swept away in a love for money because we know that we can be content with God because He will never leave us and never forsake us. Whether we are the wealthiest people, whether we make Jeff Bezos look like he only has two dimes to his name, or whether we have two dimes to our name. We can be content because we know that God is with us. He will never leave us and never forsake us. And so then, we know, as we get to verse 7, remember your leaders. These are the ones who have been showing you the things that we just talked about. And listen, when it says leaders, this, this is not the same word that is used in Greek for pastor, for bishop, for overseer. We're not just talking about people who are preachers. We're not just talking about Sunday school teachers. The word that is used here for leader gives a lot of vagueness. There's a lot of ambiguity in this word. It could apply to parents. It could apply to those who are your aunts and uncles. It could apply to those who are your grandparents. It could apply to your Sunday school teachers. It could apply to your preachers, to your pastors. It could apply to people who have been coaches and influential in your life. It could apply to teachers who've been with you at school. It could apply to those who care for you and have led in your care in the hospital. It is a very open word on purpose. We're supposed to remember those leaders who have done the things in verses 1 through 6, who have a life that is dedicated to Christ, and you know that because the fruit that their life bears is the fruit listed in verses 1 through 6. We're to remember them and imitate them. Listen, I, I know that y'all think I'm crazy, all right? And I am a little bit. But one of my favorite things in life has been imitating people, all right? Imitation is what I'm told is the highest form of flattery. It's, it's supposed to be something that means that you really like who you're imitating, right? But I, I, I don't know that people always feel flattered when I imitate them. I mean, let's take Luke Philpot, for example. Every time I try to do my best Irish accent, he just shakes his head at me. I, I don't know that he appreciates me trying to, to imitate him at all. But there's a lot of funny things that have happened because of Luke Philpott's accent. And every time I tell this story, I, I try to use his voice because I have that much respect for him. It's, it's imitation out of respect, right? I mean, that's, that's where it's, it's grown from. I think he might be on security patrol this morning, so this is even better, y'all. He can't shake his head at me this morning. So we're in a deacon's meeting, like, early on when I first get to, to Bethany, okay? Maybe... 18 months ago, something like that, all right? 
and our bus out there looks awful and it needs to be sandblasted and repainted. And so Luke knows a guy that does that work and he's down in Crestview. And so he's going to come up and get the bus and take it back down. And so he's giving us the price quote and he's in the deacons meeting. He says, all right, guys, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get this guy up here from Crestview. Okay. And he's going to, he's going to take the bus. He's going to go back down to Crestview and he's going to sandblast it. And he's going to repaint the whole thing. It's going to look great. And that's all right, Luke, that's great. But what, what's, what's the price tag going to be? Oh, he said it's going to be $69,000. Well, how? What? Hey, we just go buy a new bus, Luke. I mean, that's a, that's a bit pricey. $69,000. The beautiful thing is there's 12 deacons in the room and all of us are thinking that our eyes went, huh? We were all kind of like, you know, Luke's just talking. We all went, whoa, 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 $69,000. And Luke said, no, no, six to $9,000. Got, gotcha. Gotcha. You're an Irishman. Your accent's a little thick. And so I enjoy imitating Luke. I enjoy imitating Stanley Parkinson. He has a very unique voice. And when we did the votes for the student pastor search committee, people got a lot of names in. And one person that got a lot of votes was David Barnes. And so as I'm sitting there listening and and making my tally marks and checks with every name that Stanley reads off, he reads this name off over and over and over again. And so in my sleep that night, I was hearing David Barnes. David Barnes, Walt Merle. I mean, it was it was just great. So it's, there's imitation because I love and respect Stanley. That's he's got a very unique characteristic to the way that he talks. But you know, sometimes we imitate people and we don't even realize that we're imitating them. I put a lot of effort in trying to hone in on my imitations of people. I feel like I have Ted Watson's mannerisms down pat sometimes, but we won't get into that because we'd be here for a long time. We know Ted can. Ramble on. I don't know where he gets that from or, or don't know what that's like myself. But sometimes you imitate people like your parents and you don't even realize that you're doing it. I, I remember being in fifth grade, right? And I was sitting down and I was sitting in the pew at church and I pulled this number right here. I stretched back, straightened my back up, I kicked my leg out, and I crossed it over this way, and I propped up and I did my hands right here. And I'm sitting and I'm, I'm just listening to the preacher and I look beside me and I realize... I'm sitting in the identical position that my dad is. My dad is propped up exactly like this. And you know, at that time I was a teenager and my dad was not cool, okay? It was not cool to be sitting like your dad. And so I remember, I just had to change immediately and sit another way. He just, he just affected me in that way. There was imitation that happened naturally from being around my father. I sat like him. I didn't think about it. It wasn't a conscious thing, but I just knew that was a way that you could sit comfortably because I'd been sitting with my dad. I'd been spending time with my dad. The more time you spend with Luke Philpott, the more you can almost sound like an Irishman. The more you sit with Stanley Parkinson, the more you can sound like you are directly from the heart of Covington County. The more time you spend with your parents, the more you act like them. I love the commercials from Progressive, right, where the people are turning into their parents. That's just one of my favorite lines of commercials. They, they're bundling their home and auto or whatever, and, and they're turning into their parents, and they're going around. Were you raised in a barn? Close this door. Are we trying to cool off the whole neighborhood? All those fun things. I remember my parents saying that. I've done that with my kids. I say things to my kids that I'm like, oh, man, I promised I would never say this to my kids. I remember my dad saying this, my favorite one. You, you might know it because I said so. I try with all of my might to give my kids the reason behind why I'm saying what I'm saying, but I end up imitating my parents, and I'm like, stop, stop, why? Why? Because I said so. That's it. It's over. The issue is solved. I've imitated my parents. 
And the thing is, we imitate our leaders for better or for worse. Paul, over and over again in Scripture, tells us to imitate Christ, to imitate himself. Are you in a place in your life where you feel so confident in your walk with the Lord, in your maturity and your spirituality, that you say, hey, why don't you try and imitate me? If you would make your life look more like my life, you would be more content. If you would make your life look more like my life, this would be the end result. Folks, i got to be honest with you. I'm not in that place. I don't feel like I can say that to people. And yet Paul, over and over again, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I urge you then, brothers, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. Again in chapter 11, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Ephesians, therefore, be imitators of God. Brothers, join in imitating me, Philippians chapter 3. Paul was walking with the Lord. He was living out verses 1 through 6 of Hebrews 13 and was doing it with such confidence that he could say, live your life like I'm living mine. And i got to be honest with you, folks, that's not a life that we aspire to. I mean, it's fun to imitate Stanley and it's fun to imitate Luke and it's silly to imitate my dad and to be embarrassed by it and all that good stuff. But if you want to imitate Paul, you're talking about not having food. You're talking about being shipwrecked. You're talking about being stoned almost to death where they thought he was dead and finished the job and went back in the city. And then Paul got up and went back into the city after them and started preaching the gospel again. You're talking about a man who was so trapped that he had to be let down through the city wall in a basket to save his own life. A man who spent years in prison and then even the years that weren't in prison under house arrest all for the sake of of the gospel. I I think Paul had plenty of pedigree and credential to say, live your life like mine. But is his life a life that we would want to imitate? If you imitate the life of Paul, if you imitate the life of Christ, if I imitate those lives, I might not be liked very much. And you know, I struggle with that sometimes. I, I want to be liked. I remember my leaders and I want to, for people to look at me favorably the way they look at my father favorably. I want to be held in high regard in people's opinions. Paul didn't really worry about that. This man who is telling us to imitate him as he imitates Christ walked up to Peter and went, Hey, Peter, how come you only eating with the Jews, huh? You know the Gentiles is just as good as the Jews are. Ain't no reason to be separating yourself, acting like you're all better than them. Talking to Peter. Like the head of the apostles took the role of leadership. And Paul was willing to say, Peter, you're wrong, boldly, and call him out. Because we remember our leaders, but we remember the things of their faith worth imitating. You remember the leaders that are worth following. And listen, there's some of us in this room, I feel like I'm in this category. I have an incredible mother who all of my life directed me to Christ, showed me Christ in what she said and what she did. No, she wasn't perfect. No, she's not perfect to this day. But in everything she tells me, she's aiming me towards Jesus. And I know that I can trust her faith, that I can look at her life and see the outcome of her faith and know that that is worth following. But some of us are in another category where we fall in line with those who need to do the opposite of what their parents did. 
Sadly, there are plenty of people who don't have parents worth imitating. It's just a fact. There are some parents who act more like children than parents. And you've seen it, possibly. Maybe you have somebody in your own family like this. And as you grow up, as as you see your friends grow up in this category, all they can say is, I know exactly what not to do. And it's what my parents did. If you're in that category, remember the leaders in your life who are worth following. And parents, this morning, I, I wonder what category would you say that you fall in? Are you worth imitating? Can you read this verse to your children? Can you say to your children, can I say to my children, like Paul said to the Philippians and the Corinthians over and over again, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Remember your leaders and how they taught you the word of God and imitate them. Can I say that I'm in that category? Or am I mostly in the camp of, son, don't do anything that I've done. Don't imitate me because all I did was mess it up. If you're a mom or a dad here this morning, what camp do you fall in? Maybe you're not all in one or all in the other. But which camp are you striving for? Is this verse applicable to you? In 2 Timothy, Paul brings up an incredible nuance to the life of Timothy. Timothy is who we remember in Scripture, not just because of the Apostle Paul. Paul wasn't just some incredible coach in Timothy's life that changed everything about the way that Timothy lived. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Paul writes, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and then in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure, dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Folks, that fits my life. My grandmother is closer to God and the Holy Spirit than anyone I've ever met in my life. When she prays things Happen. She is in communion with the Lord in a way that I am not. That faith was passed down to my mother. My mother's faith was passed down to me. Mothers have a huge influence in our lives. Maybe that's your story this morning. And what Hebrews is saying and what Second Timothy is reasserting is to fan into flame the faith that you were shown. Fan into flame what your grandmother passed down to you. What your mother passed down to you. Listen, if that's not your story, that's okay. If that's not where you are, I pray that you have a Paul in your life. That prays for you night and day. That loves you like a mother would love you. That is a spiritual parent to you. And if that's the case, imitate Their faith. Fan into flame the faith that they are passing on to you. 
Be the first one in your generation to start fanning into flame the faith that in two or three generations you can say, listen, I was like Lois and your mother was like Eunice and now you're like Timothy. It's got to start somewhere. You can be that mom. You can be that dad. Biologically or spiritually or both. But I wonder this morning, what can't be falling? Are you one that can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? As we read verse 7, when the author tells us to remember our leaders, not just any leaders, but those who spoke to us the word of God. Are we one of the leaders that are being instructed to be remembered? Is that our life? Is that your life? Is the outcome of your way of life, is the outcome of my way of life, something that encourages others to follow Christ? Or does it repel them from following Christ? What is the outcome of your life and your faith? Is it worth imitating? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for giving us examples worth imitating in Paul, in Timothy, in godly mothers and godly fathers, in spiritual leaders that you place in our life and in our path to encourage us, for us to follow. Lord, we ask this morning that you fan into flame our faith. That we as a church would live in such a way that it commends the faith to others. That it draws people into your kingdom. That they consider our way of life and say, you know what? I need to live like that. Father, help us be willing to live that way. Even if it means our lives are like that of Paul. Even if it means hardship and trial and shipwreck and struggle. Even if it means persecution, being ostracized. Father, help us to commit to you and to commit to a life worth imitating. Help us to speak your word to people. Father, we ask that as we go into a time to respond to your word and your spirit, that your Holy Spirit would move in this place upon our hearts and that we would respond to you in obedience. Father, if there's anyone here that has not taken that first step of faith, that you would help them to begin the journey of a life worth copying. Lord, if there are those here who feel called to join this church, I pray that you would move on their hearts and that they would respond in obedience. Lord, if there are those who just need to come down to be prayed with or to pray at the altar, Lord, that your spirit would stir us up and that we would respond to your movement. We ask all these things. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand? Would you sing? Would you respond?
Just now. 